Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. What is up, Calvary Live family? So good to be with you today. Uh, My name is Josh, one of the pastors here at Calvary Church and your host for the Friday edition of Calvary Live. Uh, So thankful for you guys and so thankful for what God is doing through the show. I was just talking to our producer, Kevin, and uh, we, we are just always appreciative. And and this week, there's been a lot of technical changes, things behind the scenes. If you guys want to pray, pray for our producer, Kevin. Uh, I'm looking at a thousand wires that got to be plugged into some something in some place at some time. Uh, but with all of that, with all the good things happening behind the scenes, there's also obviously difficult things. And we are always appreciative of hearing from you guys words of encouragement. And I know every radio station that carries Calvary Live would would say the same thing, the the words of encouragement sometimes, and I'm sure you feel the same way. When you get a word of encouragement, when somebody says something to you, it, it's like wind in your sails, right? And it and it helps move you through perhaps a difficult season, perhaps a bad day. Uh, it's a gift that God has given to the church to encourage one another. So I just want to shout out you guys, <laughs> the, the listening audience, and say thank you for the text messages, for the emails that come in, uh, Pastor Ed, Pastor Jeff Figg, so so many people that are a part of this show uh, would agree because we've talked and, and just a, so appreciative of those of you that take the time to just say thank you. Uh, and, and again, if you guys want to, you can you can always message our, our producer, Kevin, uh, and I'm, I'm sure he would appreciate because this this doesn't happen without him. So uh, so sometimes the people behind the scenes doing the work often don't don't get noticed. But man, we we certainly are thankful for the blessing that Kevin is to us here at Calvary Live, here at Grace FM. So uh, wonderful to be with you guys today. Let's get those phone lines going, 303-690-3000. That's the number if you want to call and be on the air today, 303-690-3000. If you're new and you're asking, well, what what would I say if I called? Well, the point of the show uh, would be the same idea if at the end of a worship service on a weekend, uh, you hear an invitation to say, hey, come forward and talk to the pastors or pray with a pastor, or pray with a, a someone from the prayer team. We'll be up here for you guys. And uh, as a pastor, I can say every single weekend, it's a joy. It's one of the highlights of my week uh, to be able to pray with people that come forward that just need to take a particular issue to the Lord uh, with a pastor. Sometimes people come forward with their Bibles and they say, hey, I was reading this in my devotion and it doesn't quite make sense to me, or I've been thinking about this in terms of my Christian experience and I don't really know how to process this. And so that's what we're here for. We're really, it's just a, it's a show we dedicate uh, every Monday through Friday from four o'clock to five o'clock Mountain Standard Time uh, to provide a pastor available to you just to engage with you with some of the questions you may have uh, and to pray with you. 
But again, the wonderful thing about the the radio show is because there are so many people listening uh, from over 26 different states right now, uh, the joy is that you have people praying uh, with us, agreeing with us in prayer, which is such a joy to know that, man, there's an army of people that listen in that pray as well. So uh, if that's you, when you have a Bible question or a question on Christian living or something you've been wrestling with, uh, give us a call, 303-690-3000. Or if you have a prayer request and you would like to be prayed for, or you have somebody in your life that you'd like to lift up and intercede on behalf of, uh, we're here to pray for you as well. So again, 303 690 3000 is the number 303-690-3000. As you guys are calling in, I see we currently have one line open. Uh, as you're calling in, if you're not getting through, just be patient. Uh, we promise you, if you continue to, to press into that call, you, you'll get through eventually. And we'll do our very best, first and foremost, to get to all of the calls that come in. Uh, then we also have a text line open and available to you. So again, if you are a regular part of the show and you listen to the show, some of you guys are listening five days a week, which is amazing. Um, then you, you're familiar with the text line as well. This is a line that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, available to you. So it's worth taking note of this number because you can put it in your phone and really you can text it anytime. Uh, and during the show, Calvary Live, we will do our best to try to answer questions that come in. So you can also text us, but we will at some point get to every single prayer request that comes in, let you know we're praying for you. And then that prayer request gets passed down uh, to groups of people uh, that will pray as well. So you'll, you'll be prayed for certainly uh, a minimum of two times, if not more than that. So the text line number is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And again, uh, call if you want to be a part of the show today, 303-690-3000. We're going to go here to Parker, Colorado. Uh, and I believe this is Beth. Hey, Beth, how you doing today? Hi, good. How about you? Doing great. Thank you so much. Um, I just had a question. I had shared a worship song um, to a friend, um, and she said to be cautious of of the church that it came from. It's by um, the artist is um, Elevation Worship, I believe. And then she said to be cautious of like Hillsong and Bethel. And I've um, it was actually a a song um, that was sung because I go to Calvary Aurora, and it really touched my heart, and I believe the lyrics are 100% true, um, and some of the Hill songs as well um, really have lifted me up. Um, so I just wanted to get your opinion on um, why she might be saying that, if it's the the church that's um, not, not your church, but if it's um, the artist's church that's um, apostate, or yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, really, really good question, Beth. Thank you for asking. Uh, and I actually appreciate your friend to, to say something like that. I think that that's, um, that's a good friend that would have that kind of concern. So yeah, we, we talk about this a lot as pastors here at Calvary Church. Um, pastor Ian, our worship pastor, Pastor Sean, uh, are always thinking through these things because a lot of the worship songs that are out right now are not coming necessarily from the local church, although 
more and more you're seeing local churches writing songs uh, as an expression of worship from their own um, church body, which is wonderful. And I believe we're going to be doing more of that here at Calvary Church as well. But some of the most popular worship songs out there right now are Elevation. They're probably number one. Hillsong, certainly, over the last 10, 15, 20 plus years. Bethel. Um, of course, you've got Chris Tomlin and these guys. And so the the question that some people struggle with, I've heard churches say, we will not sing anything from Bethel. We will not sing anything from Vineyard because their theology doesn't line up with those particular churches. Um, and that's that really is a conviction that I think pastors will need to make on behalf of their church. Are we going to do Bethel songs? Are we going to do Hillsong songs? Are we going to do Elevation songs? Um, because um, I, I would say for the most part, um, we would agree theologically on the basics of, of the faith, or we, we would call them maybe the fundamentals of the faith. But uh, particularly with Bethel, they, they certainly begin to move in a direction in their churches that I would call concerning, uh, if not aberrant in some areas. Their theology in uh, many areas wouldn't line up with our theology. Uh, and I think we could say that probably across the board with with 90% of the worship songs that are written, they're probably written by somebody that um, we would have some disagreement with theologically. So we've decided as a church, uh, and I think it, this is great for individual people as well that, that just want a great worship song, to, to look at the song and base the song on its own merit. Um, because even if we go all the way back and say, fine, we're not going to do any contemporary modern songs at all. We're just going to do hymns. Well, if you go through a hymn book, you could start to look at the guys that wrote the hymns and realize, man, I have different theology than that guy as well. Um, a Presbyterian wrote this hymn, a Baptist wrote this hymn, a Pentecostal wrote this hymn. And so I don't know if we will ever uh, find songs where the person that wrote the song would be in agreement um, with us theologically 100%. But we certainly wouldn't want to sing a song from uh, the Mormon church. We wouldn't want to sing a song sure. from the Jehovah's Witness church. So the, so the question then is, are these other churches within um, the, the stream of Orthodox Christianity enough for us to take the songs that are being written in those churches and then sing them in our churches. And I would say, yes, again, the fundamentals of what Bethel and Hillsong uh, and Elevation believe, if you go up to their, their websites and you read the, their beliefs, what we believe, um, they would be considered orthodox. Uh, again, there are things that I mentioned, particularly with Bethel, that are concerning, and certainly uh, Stephen Furtick and some of these other guys from churches, mm -hmm. uh, um, you wouldn't hear that kind of teaching here at Calvary. But we take the song, so we take each individual song, and those songs that we sing are so gospel-centered, um, so yeah. uplifting of the holiness and the goodness of God. Um, they're not watered down. We certainly would yeah. never sing any song that had any kind of aberrant uh, or theologically off uh, just because the song was popular. There's certain songs we won't sing for that reason, because there's a line or something in that song that... Um, that is that that is off from our opinion as as pastors. Yeah. So so you, you can rest assured as someone that attends Calvary here that these songs are being prayed for and there is a filtering process that um, before we put these songs out. But even as you're listening on on Grace FM uh, or or whoever is listening on their local radio station and you hear songs, those songs are probably going to be. Uh, from Elevation, from Carrie Job and, and Cody Carnes, from from Passion, you know, and again, the, most of these churches we we would have so much in common with because of the basics, but there will be differences. Um, and I do think your friend 
referencing elevation, perhaps, or even Bethel, there are concerning things with Bethel. So, so I, I think the warning that can be taken that's appropriate is, hey, if we sing a Bethel song, does that mean we're, we're, it's a blank check for all things Bethel. Like we're endorsing them somehow because we sing some of their songs. And uh, so that's a, that's a, it's a good warning from a friend. And we would say, of course, we're, we're not endorsing any church just because we sing that, the song that's come out of that church. Um, and oftentimes it's written by somebody, a worship leader that attends that church. Um, so, so I think it's, it, it is worth the conversation. And I really appreciate your question for that because these are questions I would say probably on a weekly basis are happening here at Calvary Church um, in terms of we're talking about these other churches or the latest thing that we heard or some of the teaching that we're hearing coming out of these churches and how does that impact us and how are we going to want to protect the church enough to be able to say we don't endorse their theology or even some of their practice, but they are brothers, they are sisters. And if you look at the song, uh, it is, it's a beautiful Jesus honoring song that lifts our hearts in praise to him. Uh, and uh, based on the merit of the song, it is a song that can edify and uplift. And, and the wonderful thing is God uses these songs. Uh, he always has from imperfect people. Even if we went as far back as King David, you know, if someone said, hey, would you want to sing a song that you knew was written by an adulterer and someone that happened to murder <laughs> that, that would, would, yeah. we, we would immediately say, no, of course not. But I think the point of David's life is he, he, wrote the Psalms, not as a perfect man, but as a man that was uh, quick to repent, quick to come to the Lord. That's why he's referred to as a man after God's own heart. So the vehicles through which, you know, even preaching, that's why Paul says, it's better for you to go back and study the scriptures, be a Berean for yourself to make sure that what your pastor is saying is in line with the word of God. That's always good to have that lens when we're listening to worship songs, listening to a Bible study, um, because it is going to come from an imperfect uh, vessel, yet God honors and blesses. And I'm so, I'm so thankful uh, personally. I'm sure you are too, Beth, for the songs that we sing uh, and the way that yeah. we just see across the church, God's spirit move uh, and hands yeah. lifted. And, and it's not just an emotional thing. The, the songs that we're singing are prayers and they are the yeah. very thing that we would pray without the music to the Lord and, and honor him for. So I hope that helps answer your question. It, it is a, it's, it's a great question. Yes, it, it does. And um, yeah, thank you for confirming that because like you said, when I'm, when I'm singing songs, like two in particular from two different artists that she had mentioned, it's like I knew in my heart and the lyrics like were exactly what I was going through and it spoke to me and I know God was speaking to me through that song. And that's why I was like, well, how can this be? You know, and you start to question and, and doubt. So I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a good question. And again, I think your friend in, in, cautioning you is doing it from the right place, I would, be, I would believe. Um, I, I will say there are some churches that I think would probably go too far um, to, to the side where they would say, if you do anything that someone from Hillsong or Bethel or Elevation wrote, you guys are in sin, you guys are just yeah. like those churches. And so you also want to be careful uh, whose voice you're listening to as well when it comes yeah. to some of these things. But you know, yeah. wonderfully, we have the Holy Spirit. I was just reading the, uh, on Wednesday, First John tells us that we have the truth in us, the truth that we heard from the beginning. So God's Spirit is able to speak to us on these things as well and, and confirm or cause that, that, that um, con concern or confirm, I guess I, I would say, concern or confirm in our heart um, some of these things. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to explain that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for calling, Beth. All right. Yes, All right. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Phone lines are open. Uh, that, that was a great question. Perhaps that question has stirred some other question uh, that you may have. That's sometimes what we see happen on the show here, that one question leads into another question. And so happy to answer those questions. 303-690-3000. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let me say that again, 720-336-0897. Would love to hear from you. Um, we did have a prayer request that came in that we want to make sure we take a moment here to pray for. So Rhonda, calling from Wisconsin, uh, was asking for prayer for her sister-in-law and her mother and two of her six sisters that have various uh, forms of cancer and need prayer. So Rhonda, thank you for calling. Uh, we certainly We'll be praying for them. It's a lot to have that much happening in uh, one family. Uh, and, and yet we know uh, that God is able to not only hear the petitions of our hearts as we come to him in prayer. His word says that he does something wonderful. He, he inclines his ear. It's like he bends his ear towards us when we come to him on behalf of uh, Rhonda, your family here. But he also says that he moves through our prayer, which is so beautiful. And that doesn't always mean that he moves in the way that we pray. Sometimes he does. I mean, if we if we pray for healing, I think we always should pray for healing, always. Uh, and God is a God that heals. He still does it today. And uh, the only time I would say don't pray for healing is if you've already prayed for healing and God has begun to confirm that healing is not going to be the end result, that there's something else that he's doing. Uh, and, and yet until you receive that kind of confirmation, continue to press into the Lord, pray for healing, believing his power, not being one that doubts like James says, because that's like a person that's in the ocean and they're just being tossed back and forth with the waves. They're not stable. Uh, they're unstable in all their ways, James would say, but to pray with faith, believing in the God that we're coming to, but knowing that God is going to move through our prayers uh, and he's going to do a work. And so Rhonda, let's, let's uh, pray for your family and for your sister-in-law and your mother and your two sisters and, and, and believing that God is a God that is all powerful, that, that hears our prayers, that inclines his ear to us, but also all good and will do the best work in their lives. So Father, thank you for Rhonda calling uh, from Wisconsin and just wanting to lift up her family. Uh, we just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give uh, my sister a sense of your peace and your presence, that you love her family, Lord, that you love all of these people, her sister-in-law, her mother, two of her six sisters. Uh, you love them better than any person could ever love them. You want what is best for them more than any doctor could want for them. Um, you are able to do more, uh, Lord, uh, in a, with, with, with just a word from your mouth, Lord. Uh, and so we're praying, God, that you would do a miraculous work because you're the God of miracles and touch their physical frames, Lord. These four women that you, that, that you treasure, that are precious in your sight, Lord, uh, and bring healing to them. We also know, God, that when we, when we hit our lowest moments sometimes, those moments are when we get the report of cancer, Lord, or some kind of bad news comes into our life. We also know, Lord, that we don't necessarily want to pray, God, take this away um, if there's something else that you're doing that's going to be 
better than what we could ever expect, what we could ever imagine, Lord. Um, because you're an all-sovereign God, all-wise God, and you know what you're doing. So um, so we are praying for healing, but we're also praying, Lord, for you to do whatever other work it is behind the scenes, behind what we can see in the natural, but in the supernatural, Lord, stirring up greater faith, stirring up greater hope, uh, stirring up these things, Lord Jesus, that will um, encourage and strengthen and ultimately lead these four women to you uh, in a deeper way. So thank you for Rhonda. Thank you for her heart to want to pray for her family and to, to call up here, Lord. And we just pray your blessing on her today as well. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let me give out the number again. We've got, it looks like uh, two lines are, uh, one, I'm sorry, one line open. So if you'd like to take that, give us a call, 303-690-3000. We are going to go to Ivan calling from Denver. Ivan, how you doing today, bro? Uh, doing good, doing good. How are you doing, Pastor? Uh, doing great. Thank you. And thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking my call. Of course. Um, yeah, I just had a, I had a question. And it was just uh, regarding uh, Revelations, uh, chapter 20, uh, verses 11 through 14, that talk about the final judgment. Yes. And uh, mostly I was reading about, like, um, the book of life, right? And it, how it says that, um, I saw the dead, both great and small, uh, standing before God's, throne in the bo- uh, be, uh, before God's throne, and the books were open, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. Um, the question was like, um, who are the dead here, right? And um, like the people who were raptured, um, are they included here, or is this the same book of life where the believers are, are their names are in this book as well, or or just kind of how does that that event kind of play out in regards to to yeah. who are the dead and the people who did get raptured? As well? Yeah, yeah, really, really good question. Um, so that that phrase there, the from the verse. Um, the dead were judged according to their works. What what John is writing there is that if people are not listed in the book of life, then each yeah. one of them is going to be judged according to his works. And the idea there is those who refuse to come to God by faith will by default be judged and condemned by their works. And that's why it goes on to say, uh, the sea gave up their dead who were in it, which is a very interesting phrase. Yeah. Um, and that means, you know, it represents the place of unburied bodies. The emphasis there is on the universal character of judgment, like everybody is going to be judged. And then it says there, the death in Hades were also cast into the lake of fire. This is, again, at the very end of of uh not only the the raptured church, of course, then there's the seven-year tribulation, then there's the millennial reign here on the earth for a thousand years. So this is at the very end of all of that. So um, the book of life is, uh, in this context in Revelation 20 here, is um, is the set of names of those who will live with God forever in heaven. Uh, that's essentially what it is. So it's the role, uh, the roll call, as it were, of uh, those who are saved. Uh, it's also mentioned, you'll see it mentioned in Revelation 3, uh, and um, you'll see the book of life mentioned in, uh, I want to say, Philippians 4. Um, yeah. You also hear the phrase, I'm sure you've heard, the Lamb's book of life. Um, and, and the idea there is it's the same book. Uh, it contains the names of those who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus. So to answer your question, that would be, of course, everybody that was raptured, everybody that put their faith in, in Christ, even through the tribulation. Um, and Revelation 20, uh, we have to keep in mind what's happening there. 
is is a different judgment. That's the great white throne judgment. And that's the judgment for unbelievers, not for believers, not for the raptured uh, people, but for those that have, that have rejected the offer of Jesus as Savior. And, the, and they literally have stepped over the cross of Jesus Christ. They're the ones that are going to stand before the Lord at the great white throne. Um, and it makes it clear there that no one at the great white throne judgment has their names written in the book of life. Okay. Um, so the fate, their fate is already at that point sealed uh, and their yeah. punishment is sure at that point. So, um, so uh, again, uh, there is, uh, there, there's a number of different places you'll read of the book of life. Um, but the main point, and I know that you know this, but I'll say this for anyone else listening. How can you be sure your name is written in the book of life? Be sure you're saved. (laughs) Be sure you're saved. Repent of your sin, believe in Jesus, and your name will be written there in the book of life. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I, I kind of, I feel like I, I kind of knew, but my wife and I were talking about it, and uh, I think we were just kind of overthinking it, right? How, um, like, be, like we will be there too, like we are gonna be, like, like judged, right? And I was kind of like, if we were to get raptured, like, then we go there, like, and then like, like I don't know, it was just throwing me off a little bit, right? So. Yeah, so yeah, but I appreciate that. Pastor. That's a really good. Well, and let me let me answer one more thing too, because you might, if yeah. you're reading through Revelation, you might come across this verse, <laughs> which will cause another question. So, Revelation twenty two nineteen says, "If any man shall take away from the words of this book of this prophecy, that's speaking of the book of Revelation, John is yeah. writing there, yeah. God yeah. shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city uh, and from the things which are written in this book." So. Sometimes then people want to debate, does that mean then that somebody was saved and they're no longer saved? Um, and, and, uh, and that if your name is in the book of life, that at some point can it be erased from the book of life? So I would answer that question very firstly by saying very clearly scripture, because scripture is clear that a true believer is kept secure by the power of God. Revelation, or Ephesians 4 says we're sealed to the day of redemption. Um, that John 6 says he will lose none of them that were eternally kept in the palm of his hand. So I don't believe that anybody can lose their salvation. So when it refers there to anyone um, who are not believers um, and their names will be blotted out of that book, what does that mean? Uh, I, I believe um, that that a person, in, in context here, a person that tampers with God's word uh, and is adding to or taking away from, the, you know, this particular book, Revelation is what John's saying here, they're not true believers. They've only professed to be Christians, uh, and their names are, you know, and they suppose that their names are in the book of life um, because there are those who um, are, are, are true born-again believers, and then there are those who proclaim to be believers, but there's no fruit in their life. And those are going to be the people that, that Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. And many will say, but didn't I do all these things in your name and say, Lord, Lord. So again, the important consideration there in, in that particular verse um, is, is that the, 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 the book of life, um, and sometimes, by the way, some translations, if you look at the NASB or the ESV, won't say book of life there, it'll actually say the tree of life, which is really interesting. Um, and that's just that's just a question there on uh, the Greek text. Um, but but if you're you know if your name is in the book of life, um, you, uh, Re- Revelation chapter three verse five. I'm finding this verse here says, "He who overcomes, I will never blot 
out his name out of the book of life. So you want to take the one from Revelation chapter 22 and go, oh no, does that mean you can lose your salvation? No, because he's clearly talking there about those that are not true believers. And if you want to have a confidence that your name is written in the book of life, then Revelation 3 says, I will never blot a true believer's name out of the book of life. So I just wanted to add that in case you see that, because that can be a a verse of confusion sometimes with this issue as well. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And that was perfect. I do appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I was taking notes on the verses too. So I'll definitely study and meditate on a little bit better. Awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, Pastor. That was was great. You're welcome, bro. And and God bless you and your wife too, man. Just, I love this, like, and what a, just a, what a way to be a spiritual leader, um, but also just to walk through these things with your wife, to talk about scripture, to to talk and wrestle with some of these verses. It's such a good thing. It's such a good thing. I have no doubt God's going to honor that in your marriage. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. God bless you, bro. All right. Great question. And maybe uh, you're thinking of a question now from that question, (laughs) or perhaps you're just getting a little bold and you're saying, okay, I can call. I can do this. It's not, it's not the scariest thing in the world to call. Uh, Well, we would love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with more of your phone calls right after this on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Yes, let's do that. Let's join Calvary Live. So good to be with you guys today. My name is Josh, your Friday host, and it is a joy to be with you on the show today. Uh, our number is 303-690-3000. I believe all of our lines are currently full, but please do call us. Uh, we have people that jump into the show at all points during the hour. And so uh, your question, by the way, when you call with a question is not only, hopefully, Lord willing, a blessing and a help to you, but it's also going to be a blessing to those that are listening. So if you're kind of on the fence about whether or not I should call, think about it this way. Not only, hopefully, will you be encouraged, uh, at least you'll be encouraged to go back to God's word, um, but you may be a blessing to someone else that may have a similar question. So 303-690-3000 is the number, and I haven't forgotten about those of you that are texting as well. Uh, We'll get to those questions as we get time on the show, uh, 720-336-0897, but do call with your prayer requests and and text with your prayer requests both uh, as well, and we will certainly get to every one of those. Again, text line 720-336-0897, and you can give us a call at 303-690-3000. And I just want to say hello to anyone listening currently from Calvary Church. I I got a couple texts here from a a number of you guys that are dear to me that are listening right now, Uh, and so just want to, of course, say hello to Uh, the brothers, the sisters out there in our local church family. You guys are such a blessing. All right. With all that being said, we're going to go to Matthew calling here from Denver. Hey, Matthew, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Yeah. So the question I've been wondering about, um, it has to deal with like dating, um, because with the Bible, you can look at like Proverbs 31. So like for me looking for you know, a girl and what would be good attributes and everything. But how do you balance like qualities of a person and then your feelings for them? Because I feel like you could, like I could find someone and they would check off a lot of the boxes, but if we don't have that like connection, then like, yeah. How do you make 
how do you balance that? Yeah, really, really good question. Uh, and this is this is a question that's important too because I think a lot of people find themselves in trouble when, when it comes to this because they're dating and they find somebody that they're attracted to and maybe somebody that has a similar personality as theirs and somebody that has the same sense of humor and the same interest and you're, there's an immediate connection there. But then as you continue to date, you might be concerned that there are uh, other areas of their character um, that aren't lining up, perhaps. So, you know, you've probably heard this before, but Scripture talks about not entering into a marriage uh, unequally yoked. Uh, and that really is the idea that uh, a, a believer should never marry. And I would and I would include in that date uh, an unbeliever. Uh, and I'm sure that goes without saying, um, but the, the reason is because even if you guys feel you're on the same path right now, uh, they're, they're, that path diverges and then it becomes two different paths and down the road causes all sorts of issues. And I've been in ministry now for over 25 years. My wife and I were just talking about that. And sadly, I've seen that happen more often than not. So number one, the most important thing when you're dating a spouse, obviously compatibility is super important. So that's a, that's a given, but they have to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, if you have a relationship with Jesus and if you want to grow with some Somebody in your relationship with the Lord, find somebody that has the same heart for Jesus that you have. Uh, and, and in some cases that might be, be, you know, be careful if you've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, um, a, a new believer still has a lot of growth that they're going to have to do. And you, you want to pray through how quickly you might enter into a relationship with someone that's newer to the faith. But, but character is one of the most important things. Um, so when it, when it comes to character, um, a few examples. If you're looking for the right kind of girl, you're absolutely right. Proverbs 31 gives great qualities for a wife, certainly. But is she's is, in her life? Does God come first? Is is that a genuine? Do you see that in her life? Uh, is she pure-hearted? Does she have integrity? Um, you know, is she? Uh, willing to walk through difficulties and not give up on you, not give up on faith? Is she generous? Is she helpful? Is she responsible? Uh, how about this? How does she respond in conflict and in arguments? Is she quick to forgive? Uh, is she wise? How does she do with other people? Is she respectful of other people? Because she might be putting her best foot forward in dating you, but how is she when it comes to the way she interacts with others, her friends, her particularly maybe her family, her mom, her dad? And then, of course, if you guys are entering into a relationship, how serious is she about the relationship? Uh, and how serious are you about the relationship? Because perhaps one of you is a lot more serious than the other one, and that would be something that would be worth the conversation. Um, you know, so th there's there's the qualities, and then of course there's so many examples I could give you in scriptures uh, of what a godly woman looks like, of what a godly man looks like. There, there's literally a, a couple books out there that are fantastic books: uh, the Disciplines of a Godly Man and the Disciplines of a Godly Woman, written by R. Kent Hughes. He wrote the one for the men, and his wife, I uh, can't remember her her first name, Hughes wrote the one for for the women. Um, so there, there are resources out there to kind of help you. But I do think, again, most importantly, uh, it, it's it's the relationship with the Lord that ha has to be first. Right under that, I would say, of course, the compatibility uh, on those those basic things, but then character. 
character is 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 going to be the fruit of that that relationship that they have with the Lord uh, and without character. Uh, you might laugh together at all the same jokes. You guys might like mini golfing together. You guys might like the same kind of movies and music, but without character, uh, the, there, there's something there that is standing in the way between her and Jesus or him and Jesus um, that that probably needs to be looked at and needs to be addressed. So did, did that help answer some of your question? Was there something specific that you were, you're kind of in the middle of right now? Yeah, I think it did. Um for me, like, I've gone on a few dates with one girl, and I like a lot about her, but I don't know. I don't really feel like we, or I've really had that connection with her, um, and I've had a number of people tell me, keep going on dates, but I'm like, okay, how far do I go with this before being like, okay, it probably won't go anywhere? Um, I don't know, because don't want to lead her on or anything like that, um, or string it on if it won't go anywhere. Um, yeah. 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 Really, really good question. Um, because if you're already beginning to sense perhaps some of that, those maybe, maybe you wouldn't call them red flags. Maybe you would just call them hesitations at this point. Um, you, you do want to, as much as your heart might beat hard when you're around this woman, you do, you do want to take that seriously. Um, that the, the, the character, uh, that she has the direction that she's heading in her relationship with the Lord or her lack of the relationship with the Lord, depending on on where she's at um, is going to be a make it or break it. A lot of times people are are only interested in the immediate, but if, if the purpose of dating is just to hang out uh, just to, you know, kind of casually get to know people and uh, you know, find out the different kinds of people that are out there and who you click, click and connect with. Um, some people it's that, that is kind of how they would define dating. Um, but if the purpose of dating is no, I'm ultimately looking for my life partner, uh, that my future wife, the one that I'm going to do, do my life with, live my life with. And, and that, that means we're going to go through all the difficulties together. Uh, that means the, the, the diagnosis are going to come. That means the, the death in our families are going to come and we're walking through those things together. That means we might get hit financially. Uh, you know, you start to think ahead about the reality of what life is going to bring and you want somebody that's going to be a strong support and that you're going to be able to lead well in those moments because it's often those moments when relationships fracture because they that they were building that relationship on something that it doesn't ultimately last um interests um those kind of things can change for for anybody but character is the revealer of of the heart the bible says all the issues of life flow from our hearts and he says that even what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what's in our heart so um so yeah so i would just continue to be patient uh seek the lord in these things pray of course uh, ask the lord what it what it would be that he would have for you. I do want to recommend a really, really great book. I'm not sure if, if you're at the point where you feel like you need to read a book, but this is so helpful. Uh, and I think it's helpful, by the way, for those that are single, those that are dating, those that are engaged, and those that are married. And the name of the book just happens to be Single, Dating, Engaged, 
Married. That's the name of the book. It's written by a great guy named Ben Stewart. Uh, he's a pastor to young adults uh, and, and just does an amazing job at each one of those seasons of life. If you're single, if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you're married. But what I love about the book is he weaves through the same sort of forward look um, that that you're you're at when you're single. And then you meet somebody and now you're dating. And then hopefully if it goes well, you get engaged and then get married. And so it's, he's kind of weaving, even though they're different seasons of life, what does that all look like together? Um, and then one other book I'll recommend as well that is number two on, on my list for dating. It's called Outdated. Outdated. Uh, find love that lasts when dating has changed. Uh, and it's written by another amazing pastor that I love, Jonathan Pocluda. He goes by JP, Jonathan Pocluda. So again, outdated by Jonathan Pocluda. Find a love that lasts when dating has changed. He's speaking a little bit more specific to this current generation, of course, with how things dating looks different today than it did 25 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, but really for a bigger, well-rounded sort of ultimate picture of what, what this is even all about, Single Dating Engaged Married by Ben Stewart is another highly recommended book. But, um, but bro, I mean, even the fact that you're calling and just asking the question uh, is good. Uh, and I think that even the fact that your heart stirred a little bit in this particular relationship may just mean you want to take some time to go before the Lord uh, and 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 ask the Lord to reveal to you what are the things that perhaps um, are causing you not to connect on some of those deeper levels. Uh, and it's hard, right? Because you, you're thinking, well, what if I give up yeah. a great relationship? What if this is something that could be something really good? And that's where, again, God says he'll give wisdom to you. He promises that. Um, he says we don't have wisdom sometimes because we don't ask him for wisdom. But but James chapter one, he when we ask, he'll give it generously, and 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 that can be a scary thing because you're kind of when you're asking the Lord, you're, you're saying, Lord, I'm going to surrender this into your hands, and that could mean that perhaps it's not going to be the relationship for me, and that that can be heartbreaking. Uh, I know many people that have been in that place, um, but that's that's then when you're able to say to the Lord, but Lord, I, if, if that's going to be the case, and it's not guaranteed, but if it's going to be the case, God, then I'm, I'm trusting you that someone better is coming. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And so it is a gift from God. And I do believe it's God, you know, unless you feel that you're called to singleness, and that, that can be a calling for some people. But if that's what you feel, praise the Lord uh, and amen. But that wasn't me. And that's not a lot of guys I know. Um, so if, if that's the case, you know, other than your walk with Jesus, the most important decision you're going to make is the person you're going to marry. And, and so backing that up, if dating, if the, if the purpose of dating is to ultimately find that woman, then you do want to take these things more seriously than just a casual sort of a dating um, thing where you could date 10 women because you're just kind of out there doing that, you know? Um, so hope that helps a little bit. Yeah, that helps. Thank you. Great. Um, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, well, bro, bro, God bless you and keep, keep us updated. Again, if there's something that, uh, you know, if there's something that we can do even moving forward, or if there are some things that come out in the next week or two, uh, and you want to call back for some added clarity on any of this, we're, we're, we're welcome to walk through some of this with you. So, uh, we can do that certainly on the air. We can do that privately off the air too, but, but we're available to you if, if we can help in any way. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks yeah. for calling. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. Bye -bye. God bless you. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go to, uh, at this point, Mary from Pennsylvania. Mary calling for prayer. Hey, Mary, how are you doing today? 
Hi, Pastor. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thanks for calling Calvary Life. Uh, well, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a prayer request. I'm praying for uh, just peace in the situation. I've been, I, was, I had a circumstance where a fellow believer sinned against me by misrepresenting mm. um, me. And um, we were really good friends. And um, it took a while to just speak the truth in love and get to the point of letting this person know that I was really um, hurt and felt um, damaged by what they said. And um, they asked, you know, how could they make it up to me? And I said, if, if you could correct the record. Well, it was too late to correct the record. And um, so it was, forgiveness was already granted. And, um, but during this dialogue, they said something that actually reinforced, not, not said the same thing over again, but just reinforced a false narrative, mm. which, um, you know, just, uh, I'm just praying that, you know, that, that the truth will come out and that there'd be peace in the body. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me just say, hopefully, a word of encouragement to you, Mary. I, I am so thankful that you did the right thing by addressing your hurt uh, over being misrepresented to this person. Um, that that is exactly the the um, the prescription that God gives us in His Word when somebody has hurt you or somebody has offended you or somebody has wronged you to go to that person. Um, because otherwise what happens is we end up going to everybody else and talking about that person uh, and we don't go to that person and talk about it. And we end up bitter, angry because we're hurting. Uh, I'm convinced that when somebody's angry, there's always hurt behind the anger. Uh, always something happened to hurt that person, which, which caused them to become angry. So, so I'm, I'm thankful for, for the work of God in your life to allow you graciously to go to that person um, and to, um, to, to express what it was that they did that hurt you, because that may have been the linchpin there that's going to save that relationship. Who knows? Um, and I'm thankful that they seem to, at least in some way, want to respond to you. Uh, and, and yet, um, you know, the Lord is the one that, that certainly uh, needs to do a work in that person's heart. If there's more that they can do to make this right with you, um, then we can, we can pray for that. But also just that God gives you um, the ability in your heart not to harbor anger or bitterness uh, because you have been genuinely hurt, um, but, you know, to, to release that and give that to the Lord and to say, I will, f I will forgive. I will give something even before uh, perhaps or even asking for it. I'm, I'm going to give them the ability in, in my own heart to release them, to forgive them from this uh, only because of the work of God's grace in, in our hearts can we forgive somebody. Um, so just, again, thankful that you went to them. I think that's, that, that's great in conflict with another believer, certainly, uh, to do that. But let's pray, Mary, and just pray that God would, would minister to you now in this season. I just add something. Yes, you, absolutely. You had mentioned that, um, that you were blessed that I went about it the right way. And that's part of my burden is that in this fellowship— they really don't believe in going to one another, and it, it, it's what really—it's part of my own conviction that this ought to be done, 
And um, so that adds to the frustration and that I've done everything. The forgiveness was already granted. I still love this person. And, um, but I just pray that God would reveal the truth and also that, that the believers in this body would understand how important it is to speak the truth to one another in love yeah, and not let things, you know, fester. Absolutely. And I think you're on the receiving end of that where you're seeing a church or people in the church that aren't doing the thing that God has and Jesus has asked for us to do, which is to to go in Matthew 18. It gives it lays it out there and it's for our good. It's for the sake of our relationships. He says that perhaps you can win over a brother by doing that uh, or a sister, of course. So um, so thankful that you you did what the Lord has convicted you to do and has really um spoken so clearly in his word that we're all supposed to do, but you're also now, you have an example of how it feels when someone doesn't do that, uh, the hurt and the pain that that causes and the lack of trust that, 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 you know, breaches in the relationship. So you're, you're kind of standing on both. You're going to receive the blessing of obedience, um, but you're also experiencing what happens on the other side when, when people don't um, follow through in the Lord's instructions in that way. And it's so painful. And I've been on that receiving end as well. And it's, it, there, it's just, it's so hard. Um, but Father, I just want to lift up Mary to you, God. You've overheard our conversation. I'm so thankful, God, that she's called for prayer. I'm so thankful, Lord, that uh, she has wanted to honor you, even as she just mentioned, Lord, she's already forgiven. That's already been granted. Um, and God, I, I believe, Lord, that you're, you're going to honor that in her life, Lord. You, your word is so clear that when we obey you, even when it's hard, blessing always follows. So would you bless my sister, Lord? And one of the things she's asking, Lord, is for peace. Uh, and she wants this conflict with this particular uh, believer in her life, Lord, to be settled, Lord, to, come, to, to be able to um, no longer be weighing, Lord, whether it's weighing on her own heart or just the situation, Lord, the things that were said about her, the way she was misrepresented, haven't been fully clarified, Um God, would you first just grant her the peace of knowing, Lord, that when she lays her head on the pillow tonight, that she she did your bidding, Lord. She she honored what it was that you said, um, and that you smile when your children obey. Also remind her, Lord, that nobody has been hurt or more misre- misrepresented than you, Jesus. You're the one that endured all of that. Um, and not only were you misrepresented and lied about, not only were you hurt, certainly emotionally, but physically, Lord, um, but but you were abandoned and left alone um, on the cross there, Lord. Uh, and, and then you had to work it out with your father in heaven. And of course, your mother and John came, Lord, they were nearby, but you understand the sting, Lord, of being mis- misrepresented, being hurt in that way. So as her high priest, Lord, as the one that knows her and cares about her, uh, would you, uh, Lord, would you release into her life, Lord, the the presence of God in a very special way um, that she would sense that and know that, Lord, of course, you, you promised you'd never leave her. You're never going to forsake her. But sometimes how, how wonderful to to experience your presence, Lord, and the peace that comes from your presence uh, and the kindness of God in our lives. And I just pray she would know that, Lord, not just intellectually know that, but know that experientially as well um, in this season of her life. And we do want to pray, Lord, that you would bring reconciliation, that you you would allow this uh, 
uh, this particular incident to be settled in whatever way that that needs to happen. Uh, and, and Lord, if this person still needs to repent and turn from what they did that was wrong and, and make it right, if it's within their power to do that, Lord, you, you say, if, if at all possible, be at peace with all men, I pray that that person would, would do that and that they would take it seriously, this relationship with, with Mary uh, and want to honor her, of course, but more than that, want to honor you, want to honor your word for the sake of the church, for the sake of her, her church family, Lord. Um, for the sake of her brothers and her sisters. So I uh, thank you that she, she called for prayer and we are trusting God that you're, you're going to move through prayer and you're going to move through uh, her willingness to honor and obey you uh, and that you're going to respond, Lord, in, in the way that you see fit to respond in this. Um, and again, we trust you as the, the good God that we've known and that we've loved. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mary. Thank you. And uh, so sorry for what you've walked through with this, um, just the, the sting of this. Uh, but the Lord is with you. He's going to see you through this. And I'm, I'm praying that there'll be a, a full um, reconciliation of all of these things. And if that does happen, uh, we would be so honored to hear about that. If you could give us a call again and say, hey, you prayed, and I just want to give you guys an update. This is what's happened. We would love to rejoice uh, in, in the kindness of the Lord in that way with you. I'm just so thankful this line is available for to be able to call in with questions and prayers. So thank you so much. You've blessed my night. Uh, well, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for taking, a, you know, being a part of the show and, and calling. It's uh, the show would be nothing without you. So appreciate appreciate your willingness to bring your prayer request to us. Well, God bless. Have a good night. All right. Thank you so much. You too. God bless you. All right, uh, let's see. We have just a few minutes left, unfortunately. Um, so we're going to take, uh, we've got a couple callers. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get to both of them, guys. If we don't, my apologies. But we are going to go to Amber here calling from Florida, it sounds like, with a prayer request. Amber, how are you today? Good, how are you? Doing well, thank you. How can we pray for you? Um, well, uh, I guess I'm not good, but... Okay. Um, I have called, my son struggles um, with addiction, um, and so I have two prayer requests and then one question. Um, one, I feel like the enemy is really attacking me mentally um, with my anxiety um, and just getting into my head, and then, um, so I asked for prayer for that, and then um, I'm, I, and for my family, um, with this addiction problem with my son. However, um, I pray, or I ask also if we could pray for my son to come to the Lord, but um, I want to know, like, if I'm praying wrong for, like, God to break the chains of his addiction. Like, when I do pray, I pretty much say the same thing, like, open his eyes, um, you know, break the chains, I, you know, bind them up, you know, I just, and nothing is budging, and I, like, am I praying wrong? Um, I told myself, too, that, you know, like, in God's time, I, you know, there's a reason for this, um, but I'm losing my faith, and I'm, but my heart is like, nope, like, this is where our faith comes into play, and, you know, it's like my mind and my heart are two different in two different places, and I just don't know. I mean, kids will bring you to your knees, you know. I, I just, I just feel so lost and 
like there's no hope and it's my son is like he doesn't he doesn't have a problem you know yeah um, yeah that that's that's so so hard um a couple of quick things. Unfortunately, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, so I do want to encourage you to to keep us updated. Give us a call again at some point next week uh, so we can continue to pray. Dealing with somebody in addiction is one of the hardest things to walk through. Um, and and yet I, I would encourage you, um, Amber, when you get a moment later today to read Luke chapter 18, the first eight verses there. Um, because what you're doing and praying is the very thing um, that God is 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 asking of you in this moment. Um, the, there's also another parable, parable, the parable of the prodigal son, and it says there that when that son came to his senses, that was when he decided to to come back home again and say to his father, hey, I, I'm not expecting all the blessings of a son, but if I could at least be your servant, uh, at least I would have a place to live and food. Yet his dad couldn't make him come to his senses. His mom couldn't make him come to his senses. It had to be something that that he did himself, which is a work of the Lord. And so uh, Luke 18 uh, gives us another story there of a widow that is persistent, and she's continuing to come to this judge. And the, and the reason of the little parable story that Jesus is telling there, he says, is that we should pray and never give up, or not to grow weary. And it's easy to think if I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm not seeing any results that God's not working. But I just want to say to you, God absolutely is working. No prayer is wasted. You don't see it now, and I get that, and I get how hard that is. And I and I understand you saying I'm I'm feeling like I'm losing my faith here because I've I've, I've prayed everything I can pray, and I just don't know what else to do. But God is moving behind the scenes, 100%. Addiction, as hard as that is, and it is one of the hardest things to walk through. And you, and you love your, your child, and, and to see your child walk through that, and then the lying and all those other things that are attached to that are so difficult. Um, and unfortunately, our show is ending here. I hate that, uh, but I am going to pray for you uh, after the show. Unfortunately, I don't have time now to pray for you, but continue to persist in prayer. Don't give up in praying. God is working. God is moving in your heart through this, but God's also going to do a work in the heart of your son as well. So we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for your anxiety and certainly that your son would come to know Jesus. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.